here. And uh, yeah, I get the honor to be able to preach. This is my first time preaching at 33, so if you've been nervous, it's because you guys are a bit intimidating. So give me some grace. <laughs> wow, round of applause. It's amazing. Well, this morning we're going to be talking about kindness. So if you want to open up your Bibles to Luke 10, 26, we're going to be looking at the parable of the good or the kind Samaritan. Can you think of a time where you've been shown just incredible kindness, like kindness that is just so different from what, you can, what we can just build up in ourselves, what we can produce ourselves, like kindness that is from God. I remember this one time I was thinking about whether to take a, a semester off from school, like from the college, and do a gap year somewhere, or, or travel, or go to a Bible school somewhere. And then I talked to, um, I realized that the church does pursue school evangelism, so I was like, maybe I should do that. I started to consider that a bit more. And then I talked to somebody from uh, Willow Park South about it, and then the next day, this guy offered to pay for my tuition at pursuit school. Like, what the heck? That's crazy. That's nothing. That doesn't just happen, you know? That doesn't just happen. But it's God, it's supernatural kindness, and kindness makes a huge, huge impact on our lives. I think every single one of us can think of a time where we've been impacted by somebody's kindness, where they've provided a meal, where they've given us exactly what we've needed, where the Lord has given us what we've needed through somebody. I think we can all think of those times. What's interesting about kindness is that it's hard to just stand on its own. It's so connected with all the other fruits of the Spirit. It's so connected with love and joy and peace and gentleness. You are a kind person, but you're also a gentle person. You can't be one without the other. And in the Bible, it's the same. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word, which I'm not going to say because it's so hard to pronounce, the Hebrew word means it could be translated as love, as grace, as loyalty, compassion, mercy. Kindness doesn't just stand on its own. In the New Testament, the Greek word is also translated as goodness, uprightness, kindness, gentleness. Kindness is so interconnected with all the other fruits of the Spirit. So what is specifically kindness then? Even though it's so connected with everything, how can we think about it this morning? And I thought about it as in kindness is love in action. It's the love of God within us. It's the love of God through, like for other people. It's that being expressed through words, through actions, through thoughts, through deeds. That is kindness. Kindness is love expressing itself. It's love in action. And be, ours again, it's a supernatural kindness. I've tried to just be kind to myself. That's not a kindness worth trying. It just doesn't it doesn't stack up to, to the spirit-filled kindness that we have available to us. And this kindness, and this is kind of the central theme of this message, this kindness leads people to Jesus. Kindness has a way of softening hearts, opening doors, tearing down walls, building bridges, connecting with those who are against us, Kindness makes a way for us to share the gospel with these people. Makes a way that even when we disagree with somebody, we can show them the love of Christ and then we can build a relationship 
and then we can give them what they most desperately need, which is Jesus Christ, reconciliation with God. Kindness makes a way for that to happen. We've been called to make disciples, and I think that kindness is an amazing way to do that. Thought about, think about Jesus. Jesus came eating and drinking. He came being with people. He opened up his home to be with people, to share the good news of the kingdom of God being brought near. That is kindness, and we want to follow Jesus in that. So let's look at this parable, the parable of the, of the good or the kind Samaritan. Just a bit of context before the actual parable. Um, it's prompted by a lawyer coming up to Jesus uh, in order to test him. And he asks Jesus, what do I need to do to gain eternal life? How can I get to heaven? What do I need to do? And Jesus responds with a question. He says, well, what, what, you, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And then the lawyer says, oh, well, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, great job. Go do that. And the lawyer then says, he wants to justify himself. He's not happy with the answer. And he says, well, who, who is my neighbor then? Who do I actually need to show kindness to? I'm trying to do the bare minimum here. So who is my neighbor? And then Jesus responds with the story of the good, the kind Samaritan. And just so you know, just so you're prepared, there's five takeaways, okay? So there's five points. So just bear with me, be patient, be kind to me as we get through this. All right, verse 30. Jesus replied to the lawyer, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Something that's really interesting about this is that a commentator said the fact that there's an actual place, Jerusalem to Jericho, it could mean that it's a real event, it's a real person, this actually happened, Jesus saw it. And the next thing that struck me is that this might have been this guy's just regular journey. He could have done this every couple of weeks. He could have done this every month. You know, this was just a regular guy going about his day when people came upon him and he was in a battle and he was left half dead. This could be anybody. This guy could be me and you, and maybe not in a physical sense. Maybe we don't actually have somebody come and beat us up. Maybe we do, but maybe it's an internal sense of, I just, I feel weary. I'm tired. I'm broken. My heart, my mind is in need of help. And this is the first takeaway, is that it doesn't matter who is feeling this way. It doesn't matter who is in a battle, even though I would say that every one of us has a battle of some sort doesn't matter who is in the battle. Kindness, shows, kindness is impartial. Kindness shows kindness to everybody. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't say, oh, you're like me, or you're in a situ- similar situation to me. I'm going to show kindness to you. It just goes, that person's in need. I'm going to show kindness to them. Even if we disagree, we show kindness to them. I think of the, the LGBTQ plus community Even though we might disagree with them, we can be kind to them. And that kindness leads them to Jesus. That opens doors to share the love of God with them, right? 
That is kindness. Kindness is impartial. Galatians 6.10 says this, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Let us be kind. Let's show our love and action to everyone. Everyone. Doesn't matter. It doesn't discriminate. It's impartial. This kindness leads people to Jesus. This kindness gives an opportunity to share the love of Christ with people. Kindness is impartial. The next verse, verse 31. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road. By chance, this man of God, somebody who should be known for showing kindness, somebody who should be known for experiencing the kindness of God and then expressing it to others, he's going to help this guy. He's going to take care of this guy. This guy is going to get the help, the kindness, the care that he needs. He will be okay. Except he isn't. Because when this priest sees him, he passes by on the other side. He sees him, he sees the problem, and he ignores the problem. He sees the problem, and he doesn't want to be a part of being the solution. He's a fellow, like he's another Jew. He's the same, he's from the same place as this guy. He's this guy's brother. And he doesn't show kindness to him. He ignores him. Because maybe it'll put him a bit out of his way to go show this guy some kindness. He ignores this man in desperate need of help. And it gets worse. In verse 32, a Levite, another brother, another guy from the same country, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by the other side. Two people who should have been known for kindness, who should have been known for having the love of God in them and expressing it to others, two people ignore this guy in desperate need of help. Faith, if it does not have works, is dead. It doesn't have any impact on this world. If it doesn't show itself in actual actions and practices and words, it doesn't have any point. Faith without works is dead. Our faith requires us to be people of action. Our faith, we have been saved by God. We have been shown kindness from God. Our faith requires us to show kindness to others. But being people of action, being Putting love into action takes being intentional, and kindness is intentional. It sees and it tries to solve. It sees and it tries to help, to encourage, to be a part of that solution. It acts with a purpose. Both the priest and the Levite saw the man and they didn't do anything, they ignored. They saw and they looked away. But we are called to see and to, to help, to aid, to be a part of the solution. An incredible example of this um, starts with this, this guy. His name's Scott Harrison. He's the CEO or president of Charity Water, an incredible organization. Um, and just the story of this organization is amazing. So he was actually a, a nightclub promoter in New York City, making so much money just to get people drunk and, you know, and he talks about it, his testimonies, he just laughs about it now. He, can't, he couldn't believe that he did that for so long. But he's, in, he's a nightclub promoter. He goes to Uruguay to just party with his friends 
And then when he's there, he's just like, he just gets convicted by the Holy Spirit. He's like, this is ridiculous. I'm leading people to sin. I'm, I'm serving myself. I'm making all this money for myself. This isn't, this isn't right. And so then he's like, I'm going to sell everything and I'm going to go, I'm going to serve others. For once in my life, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve others. And so then he, he gets to volunteer on this organization called Mercy Ships, which was a cruise ship that they fitted out with medical equipment. And they traveled to Africa and places who didn't have medical care, and they would give these people in need free medical care. That's an amazing show of kindness just by itself. So he was a photojournalist, and uh, he worked with this organization. And they went to Liberia, his first trip. They went to Liberia. And he was taking pictures of these people who had huge, like, benign tumors on their face. And he would see, like, these doctors, like, get rid of it and give these people a smile again. Give these people a a way to breathe again. Like, they were helping people. And he was getting to be a part of it. And then in one place he said that over 5,000 people came to receive help. 5,000 sick people. 5,000 people in need of help. And they only had 42 beds on the ship, so they had to turn people away. And some of these people had traveled for over a month. They'd walked for over a month to get to this ship, to get some help. So sad. And this just breaks his heart. And as he's spending time in the villages, and he's spending time with the village people, he realizes something. He realizes that these people don't have access to clean water. They're drinking water that is filled with bugs and parasites and illnesses and diseases. And they're just, that's the only thing they have. They're drinking this dirty water. And not only that, but their moms and, and the wives and the women in the community would walk for two hours to go and get this dirty water. Two hours just to get this water. They're working so hard for a water that is making them sick. It's terrible, and this broke his heart. He found out that over 780 million people in the world don't have access to clean water. And that dirty water, and this is a direct quote, dirty water is responsible for more deaths in the world than all forms of violence. Like, wrap your head around that. That is crazy. That's heartbreaking. Something I take for granted is not something that, like, a a tenth of the population of the world They don't have it. And so Scott Harrison decides to do something about it. He starts a charity that raises, using his nightclub promoting skills, so maybe that's why he was there, he throws a party and he starts a charity where people are donating to to make wells in these communities so that these women don't have to walk for two hours to get dirty water. They can just go to a tap and have clean water. So now over 50,000 wells have been made around the world and over 11 million people have access to clean water because this one guy saw something, he saw the problem and he wanted to be part of the solution. That's amazing. And that's huge, big scale. I don't think every single one of us can do something like that. Well, maybe we all can, but it's harder for us. And, but maybe that's something on your heart anyway. There's things on a day-to-day basis that we can do, or we can see the problem, we can see somebody in need, and we can be a part of the solution. 
Maybe this looks like having gift cards for Starbucks in your car so that when you pass by somebody or when you're at a a restaurant and people are sitting outside in need, you have something to give them. There's a problem. There's somebody in need. You're a part of the solution. Maybe this looks like actually supporting charity water every month, giving money. But it requires being intentional. It requires seeing the problem and making the decision not to walk by on the other side of the street. How many times do we scroll down our Facebook feed or whatever and something comes up from like UNICEF that says, children in need, please donate. And I just quickly just scroll by it. Our faith requires us to be people of action, to see and to be a part of the solution. And this kindness leads people to Jesus. This creates an opportunity to share the gospel when we go out of our way to help. Kindness is intentional. So a recap of the story so far. This regular guy, a Jew, is traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. He gets robbed and stripped and beaten. He's left half dead on the side of the road. And then two men known for compassion and kindness see him but try to ignore him and walk on the other side of the road, leaving him to die. All right, next point. You guys are doing great so far. Verse 33. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. But a Samaritan. And Jesus is making a point here. Samaritans, Matthew Henry, a well-known commentator, said this, that Samaritans, that Samaria was that nation which of all others the Jews most despised and detested and would have no dealings with. Like, whoa. (laughs) Despised, detested, and completely ignore. That's what a Samaritan was to the Jew. Samaritans were were half Jews, half Gentiles. They opposed the rebuilding of the temple. They welcomed Jewish criminals and kept them safe from the Jews. They rejected the writings of the prophets. They rejected the Jewish traditions. So Jews considered them to be the lowest of the low. They didn't want anything to do with them. In fact, they insulted Jesus one time. They said, Jesus, you're acting like Samaritan. Like, whoa, that's harsh. You know, they really considered Samaritans to be the lowest of the low. So this Samaritan, when he sees this Jew traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, so he's no, he knows that he's a Jew. When he sees him, when he comes to where he was, what does he do? If it was me, and I knew that this guy hated me, this guy didn't want anything to do with me or my people, I'd pass by. I'd reject. I'd go, I'm not helping this guy. He doesn't deserve it. But when he saw him, he had compassion. So he was intentional. When he saw him, he had compassion. He didn't pass by. He didn't ignore. He didn't reject. He didn't go eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. He didn't say, oh, he finally got what he deserved. He had compassion. But do you know what it requires to have compassion on somebody? What it requires to show kindness to somebody? It requires forgiveness. Kindness is forgiving. You cannot 
show kindness to somebody without forgiving them. You cannot serve somebody without humbling yourself and forgiving them. You can only be kind when you forgive. A tragic, powerful story, you guys would probably know this one, is in 2015, a white supremacist entered uh, Emmanuel AME Church in America during a Bible study and shot 12 people, killing nine of them. So only three survived. One of them lost their son. One of them lost their husband. And just put yourself, you can't even, I can't even put myself in that position, but just imagine the pain, the anger, frustration they're feeling. Like the last thing on their mind is showing kindness to this guy. Last thing on my mind would be showing kindness to this guy. And yet just two days after losing their friends and their loved ones, they said this to the shooter. They said, I forgive you. I forgive you. That's, that is supernatural kindness. That's the kindness that shakes this city. That's the kindness that leads people to Jesus. The kindness that opens doors, that softens hearts. That's the kindness that changes this place. And that's the kindness that we can show. Because as this, one of the ladies said who survived, this lady in the colorful sweater, she said in an interview afterwards, she said, God forgave us so I can forgive this guy. God showed kindness to me so I can show kindness to this man. Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. This is an incredibly powerful and tragic story and Lord willing, hopefully nothing that we ever have to face in our lives. But we have to forgive every single day in our lives. We have people that we need to forgive. We have coworkers, family members that we need to forgive. And that is a kindness to them. Kindness is forgiving. This kind of kindness leads people to Jesus. Verse 34. He, the Samaritan, after he saw him and had compassion, he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. This is one of the coolest, um, like when I was studying this passage, this was a really, really awesome thing that I learned, is that kindness is sanctifying. Kindness is, is, it says in Psalm 141, it says, this is David talking, he says, let a righteous man strike me, that is a kindness. Let him rebuke me, that is oil on my head. This Samaritan binds up this guy's wounds. He pours on oil, even though it's not a pleasant process, it's a necessary process. Kindness is sanctifying. And I've put myself in the man who's half dead on the side of the street. I have wounds. I have scars that need to be bound up. I have things in my life that need to be cleansed. But an incredible thing is that as brothers and sisters in Christ, in this community, we can be a part of sanctifying one another. That Jesus, through us and through the Holy Spirit, sanctifies us when we say, hey, I've noticed this in your life. Have you, do you want to talk about it? I've noticed this area in your life. Do you want to, 
do you need any help or anything? I'm here for you. And then giving people permission to say that to us. Hey, Luke, I've noticed this in your life. Is everything okay? You know, do you want me to pray for you? No judgment, no shame, no condemnation, just Holy Spirit-filled love. Kindness is sanctifying. Being, being shown that kindness makes us more like Jesus. It is a kindness. I will not refuse it. If any one of you came up to me and said, Luke, I noticed this about you, and you really knew me, I would say, thank you for telling me. You are making me more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit is using you. Kindness is sanctifying. And verse 34 and 35. Then the Samaritan set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. He let the man travel on his animal. He put him in a hotel in an inn. He paid for all his expenses. He said to the next day, whatever this guy costs you, whatever, doesn't matter the amount, I will pay you back. Kindness is generous. Kindness is generous. Kindness goes above and beyond. Kindness gives freely. And that's what Proverbs 11 says. It says, one gives freely and yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and he only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched and one who waters will himself be watered. We give and God says that we will be given in return. We will be blessed. We will be enriched. And we don't do it for that reason, but it's a, I can trust in the Lord. If I'm being generous with my money and my time, God will take care of me. Seek first the kingdom of God. Be generous. Don't hold on to everything so tightly. Make God your treasure and he will give you all that you need. Second Corinthians says this, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. I want to be somebody who sees like huge stuff happen in my lifetime. I want to be a part of it. And God says, if you sow bountifully, if you give much of yourself, if you don't hold anything on, if you don't hold on to anything too tightly, you will reap bountifully. You will see big rewards. People will come to know Jesus. Cities will be changed. Prayers will be answered. When we give of ourselves, when we trust that God will take care of us, when we give bountifully, we will reap bountifully in ways that we probably won't expect. This kindness, this generous kindness leads people to Jesus. It gives an opportunity to share the good news of forgiveness with others. But it takes some intentionality as well. It takes setting aside time and space in your budget to go, okay, how much, God, how much do, I, do you want me to give? How much can I give? Give me a number. Give me a thing that I can do or give to. Help me be generous. And the Lord will answer you, 100%. He will answer you. Kindness is generous. So kindness is 
impartial. I'm sure you guys remember this, but I'll just recap it anyway. Kindness is impartial, does good to everyone. Kindness is intentional, it sees and it acts. It's a part of the solution. Kindness is forgiving, even to those who don't deserve it and who aren't kind to us. Kindness is sanctifying, it binds up our wounds, it makes us more like Jesus. And kindness is generous, it gives freely. This kindness leads people to Jesus. But what's incredible is that this is the kindness that God has shown us. Let's just read through the, good, the parable again. Let's put ourselves in the position of the man who just got beaten up. That we were left beaten, stripped, robbed, not even half dead, dead by sin. We were dead in our sins. I was dead in my sins. I needed help. I needed life, salvation, forgiveness. But nothing on this earth could give it. Nothing could help us. Nothing. Nobody. But then Jesus saw us and had compassion. He saw us and had compassion on us. Though we were his enemies, he came and he bound up our wounds. He forgave us. He washed us with his blood that we could be healed, that we could be sanctified, that we could be forgiven. And he generously, generously gave up his life for us. If this God who's shown us that kindness, like, that's my reality. If you're a Christian this morning, that's your reality. God, when you were dead in your sins, when you didn't deserve to be brought back to life, God came and had compassion on you. And he says, I forgive you. I will wash you by my blood. I will make you new. I will generously give up my life. I will leave all the beauty in heaven behind for you, that I could save you. He came to seek and save the lost. So God has shown us this kindness that I can't even wrap my head around, even though we didn't deserve it. We can show kindness to people in our lives who don't deserve it. We can show kindness to others. Just to go back to Ephesians 4.32, it says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And then the next verse, 5.1-2, uh, says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave up himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. God has showed kindness to us. We can imitate God. We can follow God's example by his spirit in us with his help. And we can show kindness to others. Kindness opens doors and it softens hearts, builds relationships. It is an incredible way to to impact people. And it will change this city. It will. Kindness opens doors, 
Share the gospel. I encourage you, share the gospel with people. Wake up every morning and say, God, how, give, give me an opportunity today. Give me an opportunity to be kind to somebody today. Help me to show kindness to somebody. And then give me the words to say that I may share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. That's what we're called to as Christians, making disciples. That's what we're here for. And if you don't know Jesus this morning, I implore you, as Paul says in the Bible, he says, I implore you, be reconciled to God. Find forgiveness in Jesus. No more guilt, no more shame, no condemnation. Abundant new life, a new heart through Jesus Christ, through his love for you. Be reconciled to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your kindness towards us. God, we ask for forgiveness when we are so filled with pride, when I'm so filled with pride that I miss it. God, I put myself at the center of everything when, Lord, your kindness humbles us. Your kindness leads us to repentance. So would we, would you help us be a part of leading other people to repentance, God? Would you show your kindness through us that others would know you? God, would you change this city? Would kindness reign in this church? Would this church be known as a place of just people with supernatural, generous kindness, God? Help us this week. Holy Spirit, lead us. Give us opportunity to share the good news of Jesus with others. In Jesus' name, amen.